Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Appreciate your listenership. Thank you for tuning in to EWTN. Great show lined up for you as we try to do every single day here at Catholic Connection. Very honored and excited every week now to feature the amazing Father Mitch Pacwa from EWTN Radio and TV. Really needs no introduction. So today we're going to have... I think it'll be a great discussion in particular for the month of August, because when we think of our Blessed Mother, our beautiful Queen of Heaven and Lady and Queen of All Saints and so many other incredibly beautiful titles that she has, do we really think about August as a Marian month? Or when we think of Mary, do we think of May? Obviously, right? Well, in addition to the Feast of the Assumption, there are so many beautiful Marian feast days in the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. And so I look forward to chatting with Father Mitch about them. And it'll be a nice little, I think, a catechetical segment and also, I think, apologetic segment as well. We'll talk about Mary and what she is to us and what she isn't in terms of we do not worship anyone but God. All right. Mary is a great intercessor. She's our mama, our spiritual mama. She loves us and she intercedes for us with her son. But the worship is for God alone. And Mary even tells us that. All of the apparitions. Go talk to my son. Go receive communion. Go to confession. Pray the rosary. She's always directing it elsewhere to her son. Right? Because he's God. All right. So we'll talk about that with Father Mitch Pacwa. And then, very excited to talk with fellow journalist Shannon Mullen, who's the editor-in-chief of CNA. And the reason we're having Shannon on is, I was thinking about this after talking with Joan yesterday, Joan covering World Youth Day from Rome and giving us lots of great statistics and talking about the times when she covered World Youth Day. And we got into a discussion, if you were joining us yesterday, about the complications and the detail and the effort that goes into covering something as massive as, let's say, World Youth Day or the March for Life in D.C. or something that involves hundreds of thousands of people in attendance, which is the case, obviously, with World Youth Day. So Shannon is the editor-in-chief of CNA Catholic News Agency, but he's based in D.C., and we spoke yesterday, and we were trying to coordinate with a couple of their reporters to hopefully have one of their reporters with us, but it's just crazy because when you have hundreds of thousands of people and you're a reporter, let's say, signed to a partic- assigned to a particular event, whether it's a mass or a talk by the Holy Father, you're going to be there in the crowd so you can get reaction. And basically at that point, you can't move. And who knows what the noise is going to be in the sound and how difficult it will be to actually do your job. So I said, you know, really important point. So let's just talk about the overall coverage and the coordination and the dedication it takes. Duck Keck and I talk a lot about this when we talk about covering the March for Life. You see the March, you see what we do on TV, and it looks easy because we have great professionals working behind the scenes, but it's not. It's so much coordination and so much effort. So Shannon's joining us at 39 minutes past the hour. And then he'll be joined also at the same time by David DeFranco from Corporate Travel, who's on the ground in Portugal. He's leading the contingency that is following the wonderful Catholic Pied Pipers of Jason Everett and Chris Stefanik. 500 teens going and being led by, spiritually by Chris and Jason from EWTN. And so David will talk about what it's been like for the teens, what he's seen so far, and also the enthusiasm of amazing speakers and EWTM personalities, Jason Everett and Chris Stefanik. Again, we tried to get them, but they were concerned about even 
being able to get a signal out and be able to get to a quiet place. So I said, okay, well, we'll just get your perspective. So I think it'll be a lot of fun still. So that's the program for today on a Thursday morning. Do hope you can stay tuned for the entire hour. Let's take a quick look at the weather. Well, we have that summer heat across the south and southwest, and also we have severe thunderstorm threats that are increasing and also expanding. The National Weather Service saying today we have prolonged dangerous summer heat waves continuing for several areas of the country, especially in the south and southwest, with several new record temps that are forecast. Severe thunderstorms are possible for areas of the Plains, Tennessee Valley, and the Great Lakes, with the threat expanding all the way out east to the New England area, and more severe thunderstorms are forecast for the Plains, Ohio Valley, and Northeast into the weekend. So that's the forecast across the country. Right now it's four minutes past the hour, and there's a great deal of news to get through. So let's start with the headlines from World Youth Day. Here we go on a Thursday. Pope Francis telling students at World Youth Day there is no future in a world without God. He mentioned this to students in Portugal while appealing that they make their faith credible through their choices. Vatican News reporting the Holy Father's admonition came during his meeting with the students on the second day of his apostolic journey to Portugal for the occasion of the 37th World Youth Day. He also encouraged them to embrace their faith and take risks to change the world, promoting human fraternity on all levels. In every age, the Holy Father recalling one of the most important tasks for Christians is to recover the meaning of the Incarnation. Without it, he said, Christianity simply becomes an ideology. And addressing more than 2,000 Knights of Columbus this week, Supreme Knight, as Catholic News Agency explains, Patrick Kelly urging the assembled to stand strong as men of faith amid new challenges facing the Catholic Church today. In his speech to the Knights, along with several cardinals, bishops, priests, and religious at the 141st Supreme Convention at the Orlando World Center Marriott in Orlando, Florida, Kelly emphasizing the need for Catholic men to continue standing for the faith and for the weak and vulnerable. In the face of what he called new anti-Catholic bigotry, Kelly saying that Catholic men have a duty to protect their families, most especially from the widow, most especially the widowed and orphaned. And he added, while Catholics have taken criticism for their work upholding religious freedom and the sanctity of life, Kelly urging the Knights to never back down from defending the truth of the Catholic faith. He said, there's nothing hateful about the sanctity of marriage, the reality of biological sex, or the humanity of the unborn child. And the Knights of Columbus, he added, will never apologize for defending the truth. In other news this morning out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the man convicted of killing 11 people at a Pittsburgh synagogue has been sentenced to death. But a family member of a victim, Diane Rosenthal, says that verdict won't heal the loss. We have, are overwhelmingly grateful for the verdict shared today. But unfortunately, neither were a verdict would have brought the boys back. The Rosenthal family would like to thank the jury for their thoughtful and careful deliberation. A federal jury reaching the unanimous decision yesterday. The jurors deliberating for about 10 hours over two days. Robert Bauer is convicted back in June on more than 60 charges in the 2018 shooting. Last month, a jury deciding Bowers was eligible for the death penalty. Trey Thomas tells us that roughly 65 Americans are still dealing with heat alerts across the South. Major cities in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, Oklahoma, and Kansas are all facing several days of dangerous heat as the heat index is forecast to go above 110 degrees. The heat dome will make its way to California and Arizona, where Phoenix could reach upwards of 115 degrees. 
Louisiana authorities say a man who allegedly attacked a flight attendant during a Delta Airlines flight was subdued by passengers on board. The Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office saying 39-year-old Nelson Montgomery attacked a flight attendant with a makeshift weapon as a flight from Atlanta was landing in New Orleans Wednesday afternoon and eight people on board the plane held him down until law enforcement arrived. Montgomery is now facing charges of aggravated battery and disturbing the peace. Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis agreeing to a debate and to a debate with Democratic California Governor Gavin Newsom. An aide to Governor Newsom says his office sent a formal request to Fox News last week with a proposal to debate DeSantis sometime in early November. That request called for Fox host Sean Hannity to serve as a moderator for a 90-minute forum that would air live without a studio audience. On Hannity's program last night, DeSantis agreeing to the challenge saying, I'm game, just tell me when and where. And the State Department is ordering non-emergency U.S. government employees and eligible family members to evacuate from Niger after last week's military takeover. Mark Mayfield explains. That's when the West African country's democratically elected president was pushed out of office. In a statement Wednesday, the State Department said the U.S. Embassy in Niamey has temporarily reduced its personnel, suspended routine services, and is only able to provide emergency assistance to U.S. citizens. The advisory also warns Americans not to travel to Niger. European nations have called the takeover by the military a coup. U.S. officials are proposing a multinational police force, meanwhile, to deal with Haitian gangs. In a press conference, U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield, said the country accepts Kenya's decision to lead the force in Haiti. Kenya has asked the U.N. Security Council to provide support. Thomas Griefeld saying American officials will work with the Security Council on a resolution to provide Kenyan forces what they need to establish their police forces in Haiti. The country's prime minister is sending an appeal to the UN last year to deploy a specialized armed force to help deal with the spread of gangs, which now have 80% control of the capital of Port-au-Prince. There's new hope that the U.S., as Lisa Taylor tells us, may soon get some more information about a Texas soldier who was captured when he crossed into North Korea. The State Department has reached out to the reclusive nation to get an update. For the first time, North Korea responded, but they did not provide details. There's a fear that Private Travis King is being tortured. He was in the process of being shipped back to El Paso's Fort Bliss when he slipped away from the airport and made a dash across the border. The downgrading of the U.S. credit rating by Fitch is a warning shot across the U.S. government's bow. That's according to University of Central Florida economist Sean Snaith, who says that we've got to right our fiscal ship before we simply get swamped. In terms of budget management, uh, you know, we've been we've been adrift here you know, for uh, really decades now and, and the national debt. Uh, keep climbing. He says a downgraded credit rating could result in consumers facing higher rates on mortgages and credit cards. He says getting serious about the national debt means entitlement reform, which is not politically popular. In China, emergency workers are trying to rescue people in Beijing and the surrounding provinces who are caught up in major floods. In Hong Kong, Andrew Wood says at least 20 people are reported to have already died. The typhoon hit the southeast coast of China late last week. It reached Beijing and northern China at the weekend. Meteorologists say the capital had the most rain from Saturday to early Wednesday for 140 years. The authorities say more than 130,000 people have been displaced. And thousands of rescue workers are arriving in Zhuzhou, an important logistics hub downstream of the capital. Rivers there have risen by 13 feet. 
And hundreds of thousands of households are without power in Japan's western Okinawa Islands as a powerful typhoon makes landfall there. In, tycoon, in, in Tokyo, Chris Gilbert says the storm is bringing torrential rain, severe winds, and high waves as it barrels toward the region's main city. Several people have already been injured after falling in the strong winds, and a 90-year-old man has died in hospital after being rescued from the rubble of his collapsed garage. And heavy rain is increasing the risk of flooding and landslides. The storm will linger over Okinawa throughout Wednesday before moving northwest. Forecasts expected to flick the north of Taiwan and the coast south of Shanghai over the weekend before turning back towards Japan on Monday. Gas prices, well, they're on the rise, and experts say it's going to get worse at the gas pump before it gets better. Our crude oil price is up about $10 a barrel higher than it was uh, really just this past April, May. That's Bruce Bullock with the McGuire Energy Institute saying that all eyes are on Saudi Arabia. They took one million barrels of oil off the market. If they extend that, the price of the pump will keep going up, and he says that's probably likely going to happen. Prices in Texas, for example, jumping 15 cents over the last week. And Phil Hewlett tells us as striking actors and writers continue to demand better compensation and protections against artificial intelligence, the studios seem to be embracing AI. According to a job posting on Indeed.com, Netflix is looking for a project manager for its machine learning program. The salary range? $300,000 to $900,000 per year. A typical acting job pays a fraction of that for a temporary gig. But Netflix isn't the only studio going on an AI hiring spree. Disney, Sony, CBS, and Amazon Prime are also looking to fill AI positions. Developing systems that can produce content without humans is one of the biggest concerns for actors and writers. Hope you're having a great Thursday morning. It is Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. The one, the only, Father Mitch Pacwa joining us up next. He was a doctor of the church, a Carmelite, and one of the most famous mystics of all time. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. St. John of the Cross wanted to help all Christians to become saints. One of his most important teachings was to encourage us all to learn how to love. For there is no love, he said, put love, and you will find love. He died in 1591. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. The first annual Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage, sponsored by the Dominican Friars Foundation, will take place on Saturday, September 30th at the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. This all-day event will feature conferences by Father Gregory Pine, recitation of the rosary, and mass with Father James Brent as homilist. Join us for this day of prayer to Our Lady. For more information, visit rosarypilgrimage.org. That's rosarypilgrimage.org. Thank you. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's Choice in Senior Home Care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. 
You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. 15 minutes past the hour. We know that May is a beautiful Marian month, but how many of us realize there are so many beautiful feast days dedicated to Our Lady in the month of August as well? Most of us think, of course, of the Assumption. But there are several others. We'll have a little catechism test this morning with our very own Father Mitch Pacwa from EWTN Radio and Television. And Father, always great to speak with you. This is a beautiful topic. I love talking about Our Lady. And I love apologetics and helping folks understand the beauty of the Marian teachings. So let's start with, I mean, most people think of August for the month, obviously, of the Assumption. That happens Mm -hmm. on the 15th. But before that, there's another feast day, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, There's the... uh what's called the Dormition of the Mother of God, or the Dormition of the Virgin. Um, this is a term, Dormition is a Latin term. Yeah, for sleeping. That, yeah, meaning me yeah. falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, that in the, uh, the koimesis is the Greek word for it. And they, this idea is that the Blessed Virgin Mary passed away without any pain. That's the idea. Uh, you know, death is frequently painful. If you've uh, been with people as they die, you oftentimes see them having difficulty um, and pain. And, and the, uh, you know, the leaving of the soul from the body, you know, the, the body and soul go together. And, uh, you know, we're not supposed to be ghosts or something. Um, the body and soul go together, and the body's not merely some prison of the soul, the way the Greeks thought, but it's the unity of the person. And that separation, even in uh, some you know, relatively uh, simple diseases, or di- mm-hmm. simple reasons for dying, um, still often has an experience of struggle. Uh, but Our Lady would have uh, died without uh, any struggle. Now, this is a, uh, the, the Catholic Church has never defined, you know, uh, dogmatically that Our Lady f- died before the Assumption. Mm-hmm. Many people think uh, that, uh, you know, piously, that Our Lady was just taken up to heaven without having passed death but the um, uh, in the earliest church uh, you see that that's not what was taught uh, in imitation of our blessed Lord who like her was without sin of course um, and uh, was completely innocent but he died and then rose from the dead mm-hmm. so also the Blessed Virgin Mary died uh, uh, passed away she died but without any pain and she was uh in the early earliest versions of this there's nothing uh stated in the bible this comes from the sacred tradition and in the eastern church the tradition of her assumption is ascribed to two disciples of the apostles one was saint ignatius of Antioch, mm-hmm. and the other is St. Dionysius of uh, Athens. 
uh, Dionysius was baptized by St. Paul, and uh, St. Peter, I believe, was the one who baptized St. Ignatius of Antioch while he, uh, Peter was living in Antioch after 42 A.D. So um, this, he, sta- he stayed in Antioch from 42 to about 53 or so. Uh, and, and in fact, that's why the Patriarch of Antioch has as one of his titles Peter. Hmm. Uh, you know, the Maronite Patriarch is the Patriarch of Antioch in all the East, and he is called Bishara Peter. And every uh, Patriarch is called Peter because of him. So Ignatius, you know, grew up in that earliest church community uh, to which Paul had been as well. And that's where we get this from. In fact, in the Eastern icons, usually see St. Ignatius and St. Dionysius uh, portrayed in the icon just above the apostles to show that they came the next generation. And the apostles, according to the earliest tradition, carried her body to a tomb in Jerusalem. And the church of the Dormition... Such uh, there's, there's, a there's beautiful church. church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there are two churches. The, right. the Dormition Abbey right. is a Benedictine Abbey. Absolutely stunning. And uh, the, it was it was built over a much older church uh, that the Persians had destroyed uh, in uh, around 610 or so. And the this church... Uh, is uh, you can go down, you know, the, the below the main church, mm-hmm. and you're at the street level of the first century. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they that's where it's believed that Our Lady had lived with Saint John, who had stayed in Jerusalem as we see in the Acts of the Apostles, and she died. And the uh, the the date, the the year of her death is usually given uh, as either three years after our Lord's resurrection or uh, 11 years. Uh, Those are the—it's not clear. Uh, So again, the Church doesn't define it. But she died early, and then the apostles gathered to her, and they buried her in this tomb. And the tomb of Our Lady— is on the other side. It's on the uh, uh, across the street from the Garden of Gethsemane mm-hmm. in the Church of All Nations. Right. That is a first-century Jewish Christian church. The Jewish Christians were worshiping and uh, celebrating uh, liturgy in that cave uh, back in the first century, and you see her tomb there. And the assumption would is. Uh, a couple days later. Um, And again, the tradition says that the apostles, uh, after they had placed her in there, um, the Lord asked Peter, what shall I do? And he said, it's appropriate to bring her to heaven, body, and soul like yourself. Father, one thing I want to mention before we break, I have about two minutes for the break. It's really super important. I know you're getting to it, but it's a very, I think, apologetic point where, and Tim Staples has a great summary on this on Catholic Answers, by the way, and I know you've written extensively on this, is the fact that there were no relics of Mary, which, right. which backs up her assumption because 
uh, we're talking about the Dormition now, but we're moving next to the Assumption. But if you think about it, and anyone who's gone to Rome or Jerusalem, you see so many of the tombs of the saints and how they actually, religious orders would fight over the bones of the great saints, right? And, mm -hmm. and of course, in Rome, you right. have the Scavi tourists takes you to the bones of St. Peter's, and you have St. Paul, and you have so many others in the big churches, and, and all the different the tombs, uh, for example, the relics of St. Catherine of Siena in Rome and in Siena. And, and so there are no relics of Mary that have ever been found. And certainly if there were relics of the Mother of God, there would be a church built around, even though there are Mary Marian shrines around the world, but Absolutely. no relics, right? And this is, yeah, exactly. And here's uh, the, you know, the point. You know, we have relics of the apostles, right? and this is a very important part of our church tradition, but the relics of Our Lady do not exist. Uh, no, no bones, and and you see how, now for instance, in the description of the martyrdom of um, Saint Polycarp, as soon as the fires were cooled off uh, after he was martyred, <coughs> the uh, disciples of Polycarp ran and gathered up his relics. Right. This was uh, very important, but for Our Lady, nothing. Despite her being so prominent mm -hmm. in the New Testament. So this is something that is considered very important um, and part of the evidence for the, uh, uh, the, the dormition or the rising again of our Blessed Mother. Yeah, I, I just love that because I think it's, it shows why the church teaches what she teaches and backs up, of course, our claim. More with Father Mitch Pacwa on the feasts we celebrate for our Blessed Mother in the month of August. We just spoke about the Dormition, which is August 13th. Next up, the Assumption, then the Coronation, and then the Queenship of Mary. And hopefully we can get all through this. And if not, we'll talk more about it next week. Father Mitch Pacwa joins us on a Thursday morning every week for our Cultural Connections. Stay tuned. Father Benedict Groeschel. I want to welcome you, if you're not familiar, with the wonderful world of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What will America become if it makes it impossible for the Holy Spirit to work here because of untruth and self-indulgence and paganism? This is not just a nice discussion of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because I'm going to discuss what happens when people make it impossible to be prudent, just, or honest, or brave, or courageous, or reverent? When people make that impossible, what a terrible thing they do not only to themselves, but to our society. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. What do we mean when we ask our Heavenly Father not to lead us into temptation? Is it possible for God to tempt us? It is not, asserts the Catholic Catechism. God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. Translating from the Greek verb to a single English verb is the difficulty. The Greek verb means we are asking God not to allow us to take the way that leads us to sin. This petition addresses the battle between flesh and the spirit, imploring the spirit of discernment and truth. With the Holy Spirit, we can discern between trials which are necessary for our growth and temptations which lead to sin and death. 
Discernment also entails distinguishing between being tempted and consenting to temptation. It unmasks the lie of temptation which makes the object look desirable when in fact its fruit is death. God will never allow us to be tempted beyond our strength, says St. Paul. The battle, however, can only be won by prayer. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Brush up on those apologetics when it comes to Our Lady, and never be afraid to defend the teachings of the Church. Don't think the Church has thought about this over 2,000 years? Oh, I beg to differ. I love, love, love looking into apologetics and defending these beautiful teachings because they make so much sense. Okay, we started with the Dormition of Our Lady, which is August 13th, and now we move to the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which is August 15th. So Father, Father Mitch Paco joining us on Thursdays, as he always does. This is a very, well, they're all important feast days, but a lot of emphasis put on the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin, right? Right. And, you know, this, um, why the Assumption different uh, from, or distinct from the, um, uh, a dormition, because she was not buried the same day as her um, uh, death, which is not unusual. Uh, in some places, they are buried the same day, uh, but also uh, oftentimes buried on a different day. And so this is why the, the two feasts, and that in her case, uh, and it's, it gets at one of the points that I had made, that um, she is uh, placed in a tomb like her son, but the tomb uh, doesn't hold her down any more than it held her son. And I, one of my Protestant friends had uh, said to me uh, something uh, very uh, interesting. He said, oh, I get it. You all think that it's just like the assumption of Elijah in the Old Testament. And that made sense to him then, that we you know, honor the Blessed Mother uh, as having been uh, raised uh, or assumed into heaven, just like you see in the Bible, so that uh, you know, some uh, evangelicals can understand this in light of that experience in the Old Testament, and then it made more sense to him. Yeah, and I think, too, again, if you think about the fact, just go back to the fact that anyone who was familiar, let's say, I'm sure a lot of Protestants, even though they don't have the same appreciation for the relics, if they think about it, that there are relics of the saints everywhere. You and I were talking during the break, you have St. Andrew, whose body is at St. Andrew's on the Amalfi Coast, and you have St. Paul, whose relics are both in uh, St. John Lateran and in St. Paul outside the walls, and you have, I mean, you can go on and on and go through the list, because that was extremely important, and so wouldn't the Mother of God be important in order to have her relics, had she not been assumed, correct? Yeah, and, and, you know, the the importance of the relics, uh, again, shows up in sacred scripture. Right, right. With, um, you know, the burial of the prophet Elisha, Mm-hmm. That uh, as soon as his uh, there was a man being buried, uh, there was a Midianite raid, and so they just tossed this man's body into the still open grave of the prophet Elisha, and as soon as it uh, uh, hit the uh, ground, um, then 
uh, or hit the, the bones of Elisha, yep. the man came back to life. Mm-hmm. So we see the importance of relics uh, in the, the sacred scripture, you know, and their effectiveness. So, of course, the early church treated this with the utmost respect. They, they cherished the relics of uh, the saints and oftentimes sought to uh, their intercession for things. Whereas with Our Lady, there are no relics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even in the New Testament, we see Peter's shadow and Paul's handkerchief having an impact, well, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, those would be uh, second and third class relics. Right. And our Lord's tassel. Right. Uh, when uh, the woman with the hemorrhage touches his tassel. But they're still relics, uh, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're relics. And so we, we have all three kinds. First class from the body of the dead person, the dead saint, and then uh, second class things that they own, like our Lord's tassel, and third class are things that touch them. Uh, and so we still use all three because it's right. in the Bible. Yeah, and it's in, it's scriptural as you just said. All right, so now we have the coronation on the 18th of August and the queenship of Mary. And I know you can do this, but we only have about four minutes left. <laughs> yeah, that one. You know, when we go to heaven, it's not just okay. Yeah, we just sort of hang out and have a good time. Uh, no, no, you're crowned. And in the Book of Revelation, it speaks of people being crowned. That you are royalty, and that comes. To uh, you know, fruition in heaven, and so here you see the crowning of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Queen of Heaven and Earth, plus the description in the Book of Revelation of Our Lady crowned with uh, twelve stars. Uh, you know, you know the, the woman who gives birth to the uh, male child that will. Um, you know, be the the one who rules the nations. Uh, this this crowning of Our Lady is extremely important. Yes. So, in terms of we have the coronation and then the queenship, which kind of tie together, right. don't they? Well, they well, that's what you do to queens. You know, you crown them. You know, so yeah, that's a. Uh, and here's one of the things about the feast of the queenship of Mary is that this is also celebrated as a day on which to make a dedication to her. Mm. It's asking her. That's one of the reasons the feast was established. It's the octave of the uh, assumption. But this is a day that if you've done the consecration or dedication to Our Lady by St. Louis de Montfort or one of the others approved in the Church that this is a day to make that dedication or a day to renew it. And and that's a very important part of this feast. What I love is if you look at the Old Testament, Father, and you're a scripture scholar, so you're the expert on this, but I love the fact if you look in Isaiah or if you look in the Old Testament and other sections, how important the Queen Mother is, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That, well... You know, most boys have a special relationship with their mother. Mm-hmm. And 
fist applies to our Lord. You know, this is the um, you know the the woman that nursed him and raised him that that special bond between us. Uh, girls have a, another kind of bond with their mothers than boys. Um, in our case, our mothers are normally the first woman we ever loved, and she sets the model for womanhood for a boy. And Freud was a little bit crazy, but it is true that you have this uh, quality of uh, relationship between a boy and his mother, Uh, not to go off in a Freudian, goofy uh, tangent, Mm -hmm. but this is what sets the norm for uh, the woman that a boy wants to love the rest of his life. Amen. And I really would encourage people to look at what the church has to say. Look up the teachings on the queenship of Mary, the coronation, the Dormition, the assumption, and see the beautiful definition and the history of it as Father Mitch quickly outlined for us this morning. We could talk to him on this forever. I also encourage you to check out his great work and his many books on scripture and also his program on both radio and TV. Father Mitch Pacwa, good Lord willing, catch up with you next week on another Thursday. Stay tuned. If you're an optimistic Catholic, will you live longer? I'm Chuck Adica, and this is Journey Strong. My wife Susan and I recently lost a dear friend who almost made it to age 99. Varied studies suggest that we may have a better chance of living to near 100 if we are both emotionally aware and hold a positive attitude about life. Being optimistic is a Catholic thing, or it should be. We hold views that include man and God prevailing over darkness and evil, and all human life being highly valued and unique, all positive. But we need more than worldly optimism. We need true theological hope. The Catechism states, Hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. Now that's hope. For more on this, look to the Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Time is God's creation. He actualizes His plan of salvation in time and in space. We live at that interface between time and eternity, and that is never more visible to us as in the liturgy, where heaven touches earth. That's where our attention catches a glimpse of eternity, and then, unfortunately, the the veil falls too quickly back over our eyes, time passes, memory fades, willpower weakens, our attention gets restless and flitters uh, between the urgent and the importance, the trivial, the profound. In and of itself, time serves nothing. It improves nothing. But through the church calendar, Christ is restructuring time to assist in our sanctification. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. To mention with the amazing Father Mitch, among his many wonderful books, he has a book called Mary, Virgin Mother, and Queen of Bible Study. So check that out at the EWTM Religious Catalog for more information on studying the beautiful feast days this month of our Blessed Mother. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us and pray for all the young people and those coordinating the beautiful events of World Youth Day and pray for all the reporters, including our very own from EWTN, who are covering this massive event. And that's what we're going to discuss this morning 
So excited to have two amazing men of God who work so hard to make a difference. We have Shannon Mullen, who is the executive editor of Catholic News Agency, who's coordinating the coverage of all those reporters on the ground over in Portugal. And then David DeFranco from Corporate Travel, based out of Southeast Michigan, working directly with our peeps here at EWTN. Of course, Chris Stefanik and Jason Everett are leading so many young people in this amazing experience. So thank you both for joining me. David, let's go to you first. Give us kind of a sense of what it's like there right now, because it's just started officially on Tuesday, I believe. So here we are. This is now day number three. It wraps up this weekend. What's it like there on the ground in Portugal? Good morning, or good afternoon, I should say. Thank you, Teresa, and thank you for allowing me to be on your program. It is hard to describe the energy here, to be really honest with you. I mean, I know there's many of us who, in different corners of the faith, fear for the faith. We fear that uh, it's being uh, attacked in many levels, and and that's true. But if you ever need encouragement, come to World Youth Day to see the—when they had the opening event here the other day, to see the hundreds of thousands of people here to just live their faith, be a part of their faith, grow closer to Christ, and they're all young. It is, it's, it's really hard to describe, and the, university, the universality of it, the, the number of flags from so many countries, and they're just here peacefully, joyfully, and it's, it's just beautiful on so many levels. Yeah. We also have on the phone with us, as I mentioned, Shannon Mullen from Catholic News Agency, the editor-in-chief of CNA. And Shannon, you've got a lot of uh, news background, and you and I have covered a lot of big events. This is just a huge, massive event. How many reporters do you have covering the events on the ground in, in, in Portugal? Well, all total, EWTN probably has close to 100 people wow. you know, on the ground. And then... And, um, uh, my piece of it, I, I only have a, a piece of that coverage. So remember, it's TV and, and it's uh, the National Catholic Register and, and Catholic News Agency. That's all under EWTN. So uh, that's my piece of it, sort of the print or digital side of this. So uh, I've got uh, two reporters who are there and, um, and then a lot of support people that I'm coordinating with um i'm looking at my computer now and i think i have like 27 windows open up (laughs) uh tabs opened up and uh a lot of that coordination sort of like being a air traffic control uh person and a lot of that happens on on whatsapp and teams and texts and um so it's really um a, a pretty amazing uh, logistical effort. Yeah, it really is. I mean, we, we go to our computers, we go to the CNA website, which I do every single morning, by the way. I rely on it for a lot of my Catholic news in my own newscast, and, and you see it, and, and if you're not someone with a media background, it just it's just there, just like you turn on the TV or on the radio, but people have no idea the execution it takes to coordinate this. So how much planning, Shannon, prior to World Youth Day did you do with your end of the coverage? Yeah, for all the people trips, um, uh, we do a lot of pre-planning. Uh, the, the two reporters that CNA has there, uh, Courtney Maris and um, Hannah Brockhouse, do a great job uh, just scripting it. There's, you know, there's a lot of different time zones to factor in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of this, a lot of the events uh, in Lisbon are happening. Uh, you know, I'm in DC, so I'm not. Right. I'm not on the ground. 
So that's happening really early in the morning for us here uh, on the east coast of the U.S. Um, but anyway, so you have to figure in those those time differences and um, uh, the Pope's schedule and uh, and just sort of the logistics of, of doing reporting on the ground. Yeah, because then when, when you're in an area, a lot of times you can't move. You have to stay there because there's an event going on and thousands of people are around you, and, you and, and you're basically stuck there with your phone and, and your computer, which is not a bad thing because you get real on the ground, you know, um, live moment-to-moment mo- moment moment events, but it's also technically can be challenging. And, David, you know all about that because you had how many – teens, some 500 that are, you know, going through corporate travel and then uh, hanging out with Jason and Chris Stefanik, right? We do. We have 500 uh, from a number of different states in the U.S. that we've brought here, Teresa. And as you mentioned, you know, we always try to like to include something that allows us to connect with the nature and the theme of the travel of the people we serve. So bringing Chris Stefanik and Jason Everett, who speak, you know, that their message for young Catholics is so is so wonderful and so positive and joyful. But we've also brought um, arranged to have Sarah Kroger here, who is as a musician uses mm, you know her yeah. talents to really inspire and and get the kids uh, engaged. And the three of them together have just been magic for you know the programming that we've added to their experience. Um, it's it's truly it's truly remarkable. So in terms of the coordinating, David, in terms of the events, because you have the events of World Youth Day with the Pope and, and other major speakers, but then you have your events with your particular group. So is that a challenge to, to schedule those events during the day? It is. I mean, you, when you have this many people descending at one place at one time, it is a challenge. Transportation can be a challenge. Just getting, you know, the number of guides and, and support staff that we need uh, uh, is you know, conflicted when everyone here is trying to get the same type of service. But um, we, as, as you were mentioning, you know, the planning for events like this start many, many, many months in advance, and you, you prepare and you secure the venues and the apparatus that you need. And then there is some on any pilgrimage. There's weather, there's traffic, there's things you have to be flexible about. But these, these youth are truly, I mean, they're just resilient and um, there's an element there of, of sharing this beautiful tree side. When I you know, if you first arrived, you'll see all these different countries represented and each waving their flag. And there's almost feels like strange, like a sense of nationalism. Like, is that appropriate here? Are we here to be Americans? Are we here to be, you know, South Africans? Are we here to be Italians? Or are we here to be Catholics? But mm-hmm. then when you're with them and you see how they are just loving on each other, so when the, you know, when the, when the, when the Spanish are going by waving their flags and you've got a group of Polish screaming, España, España, like they're, they're here loving on each other and they're having the opportunity to see that their faith is not a private thing, that there are other people in every corner of the right. earth loving Christ and loving the church the way they do. It's, yeah, just, it's, it's inspirational. It's I, I can only imagine. As an adult. 
Yeah, I mean, the Universal Church on, on full display. Talking with David DeFranco from Corporate Travel Service, are based in southeastern Michigan and one of our main partners at Ave Maria Radio and with whom we work on countless pilgrimages and events, including the Grand Hotel Getaway, where we're reporting from live on Monday morning with Catholic Connection. Also, our very own Shannon Mullen from Catholic News Agency, the editor-in-chief there, coordinating the coverage. So, Shannon, I know with a news background, there's always, always, you know, we have that old saying, and you and I are old enough to remember this, there's a thousand stories in, in the naked city, right? So there's so many things you could cover. You have your events, and you know what's coming up because you have the schedule of the Pope, and you have the schedule of the Masses and whatnot. But there has to be a certain amount of freedom given to the reporters who are on the ground to say, hey, I ran into this person who's got an amazing story, or there's this event that just kind of popped up uh, you know, in real time that I want to cover. So how much of that goes on during the day, given the uniqueness of this, of this overall gathering in Portugal? It's really what's great about and fun about being a reporter uh, at a live event like that. Uh, just before we got on the phone, I, I was talking to uh, Hannah Brockhouse, who's very excited about just that type of encounter. Uh, she's hearing from different priests, really, about how their uh, vacations have a connection to past World Youth Days. And, and um, just she's had some great great interviews. Uh, the social media team, WTN, has posted some great little little stories, little little encounters. Um, David uh, mentioned the word um, beautiful several times, and you know, I, I'm not there, but I, I encourage your your listeners to to look at the coverage from EWTN. I don't have to tell you, there's a lot of uh, a lot of the news that we report every day is, is, and read is pretty grim. Right, right, uh, right. But this is a beautiful setting. I mean, Lisbon, the, the, the sunlight, um, the, the ocean there, it just looks like a beautiful weather, beautiful city, and it's just a, a positive, uh, joyous um, event. So it, it, it's fun to, to participate in that, even remotely. So uh, all kinds of great stuff coming up daily as you continue to cover it, cover this event, World Youth Day in Portugal, uh, on CatholicNewsAgency.com. I don't want to give any, you know, I want to do a spoiler alert, but what, what can we expect to see, do you think, big stories in the coming days on CNA, Shannon? Uh, for World Youth Day, um, one of the things that we're, we're paying close attention besides the, um, the papal events and his encounters with youth, uh, in the mornings at World Youth Day, there's these, uh, sort of catechetical uh, or kind of listening sessions that a lot of the U.S. bishops are participating in, and these are in parishes or in and around Lisbon, and uh, different groups come in and in- interact with them, and it's just very, it's just a very uh, kind of a give and take. So uh, we've attended some of those, so we'll see some some coverage um, about that and. Um, so more to come. More to come. Yeah, it's just, it's just great. And, of course, Catholic News Agency, among the many news agencies that are covering it for EW10, the Register, and, of course, EW10 News Nightly, uh, our correspondents uh, from Rome heading over to World Youth Day, and, of course, Catholic News Agency reporters. All right, before we let you go, we have about three minutes left, so I'm going to let you both answer this question. David, I'll go back to you. You've done many a World Youth Day, and you know the positive impact this has. Can you maybe share a story 
of the positive fallout we can expect to see or kind of give us some insight, David, uh, as to what we can see following World Youth Day, the, the taking this energy. I mean, it's a mountaintop experience, it, it, obviously, but then applying it to when these young people get home. What do you think? I believe I believe I could answer that this way, Teresa. And it, it, I think World Youth Day uh, poses that opportunity every time it's, it's, it's done. In this particular setting in Portugal, you have two things that are that speak very loudly to these to these youth. One is, of course, it's the home country to Fatima, which we were able to visit right. yesterday with our pilgrims, and uh, that leaves a mark always. But in particular, people here, when you're in Portugal at this World Youth Day, there's in terms of the architecture and the culture, there's just a little bit of a hint of a country that used to be. Muslim, right? For, for longer than it was Christian, it was Muslim. And so you're in a land that feels so Catholic, it feels so alive for Christ, especially during the World Youth Day setting, and you realize that wasn't always so. And I think what happens, we've seen so many conversations happen where the kids say, wow, look how history plays out. Look how things can change. And if I can go home and be a part of that history, how in my land, in my sphere, I can make things more like what Christ wants, uh, Let's run with that. I've, I've just seen that in so many ways on so many levels, and I think there's something special about being here in Portugal where that is, that's just so visible. Very well said. And, Shannon, your thoughts on you will probably have a lot of follow-up stories on how this has impacted people once people get home. Yeah, there's, there's, there's so much planning. There's so many meetings. There's, there's big sales to, 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 and, and fundraisers to, to send you uh, over to these things. So there's there's just a lot of work, right, that that goes into it. But then at the event itself, I mean, the Holy Spirit takes over, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and you know God uses uh, these gatherings to really shower uh, an amazing amount of graces uh, on the church. So it is, you know, uh, in the past uh, these gatherings have. Um, have the fruits of them have been vocations, uh, lay apostles, uh, marriages, good Catholic marriages. I mean, all sorts of uh, wonderful things. So only time will tell. Right. Uh, but it, 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 you know, bears fruit for many years after the event is over. Yeah, we, we could see all the priests, right, from World Youth Day in Denver. We know that for sure. Gentlemen, thank you so much. I know you're in the midst of a very, very busy time. So appreciate your insight and your expertise. David DeFranco from Corporate Travel Service in Southeastern Michigan, along with uh, Jason Everett and Chris Stefanik for their organization, some 500 students that they're coordinating, young people. And, of course, our very own Shannon Mullen from Catholic News Agency, giving us a perspective on how World Youth Day is going and how we will benefit from it in years to come. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. As a Catholic dad, I know how frustrating parenting can be, but it doesn't have to be that way anymore. 
I'm Dr. Greg Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day, get expert support with discipline issues, self-care, creating a stronger marriage, living your faith at home, or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources, entertaining videos that teach your kids how to get along with each other and love the Lord, downloadable activities, monthly live parenting Q&As, a supportive community of faithful Catholic parents, and tons of other benefits, like my Bedatitudes podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home community. Again, that's CatholicHOM.com. I can't wait to see you there. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to Catholic Connection on a Thursday morning. Tomorrow... More about World Youth Day coverage and other wonderful programming on EWTN with our very own Doug Keck, of course, for our Inside Word, Fact Check Friday, and then an update on what's happening in Ohio. You don't want to miss that pro-life discussion. Talk to you tomorrow on Damani. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.